My name is Maya Sadani, and I am the Managing Director and Legal and Judicial Director of the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy. Early morning in Sudan, we learned that the military took steps to seize power in a coup, and that the Prime Minister and other civilian government officials had been detained. Today, I welcome my colleague, TIMEP non-resident fellow, Muzan Anil, who joins us from the ground in Sudan. Muzan, can you tell us briefly what the lead up to Monday looked like? What's the relevant policy context here? Hi, May. Thank you for having me. Well, the last few weeks before the coup on October 25th witnessed a high level of tension between the military and civilian arms of the partnership government. Publicly, the main points of tension were around the dates of handing over the leadership of the Sovereign Council from the military to the civilian. However, given that the civilians already had a majority in the council and that the chair of the council has no special voting authority and the reality that the civilians uh, never used their majority in the past two years to pass any decisions that the military does not approve, um, it is difficult to imagine that this is the only reason. There was also rising tension between the civilians in the government and other politicians who joined the government according to the Juba Peace Agreement. A couple of weeks before the coup, grassroots organizations called for a millions march on October 21st. The march was in support of democratic transition, calling for the formation of the parliament, for handing over the leadership of the Sovereign Council to the civilians, and it was a march that chanted against the military intervention in politics. The day before the coup, the U.S. envoy uh, to the Horn of Africa visited Sudan and met with General Burhan, Himeti, and the Prime Minister Hamdok, and issued a statement in support of the civilian-military partnership and the Juba Agreement. Now, both those frameworks or documents are seen by the public as a joke, since neither of them achieved the prom their promised ends. Um, the partnership did not manage to dismantle the military control over decision-making or over the national wealth, and the Juba Agreement had no benefit on the communities that were most impacted by wars, who we saw marching in big numbers from IDP camps on October 21st, Millions March. The Sudanese people already saw that this setup has failed, but international actors remained in denial. In response to the steps taken by the military, the answer from the ground really seems to have been unequivocal. How have Sudanese activists, unions, civil society organizations, journalists, and everyday citizens responded? Yeah, as you said, the response from the Sudanese public was prompt and clear. Around 4 a.m. Uh, at the morning of the coup, rumors of detention of civilian ministers started circulating. At around 5 a.m., the internet and calls were shut down, and as early as 6 a.m., protesters were in the streets, building barricades and chanting against the military. A de facto civil disobedience was announced by the public, and at 7 a.m., bankers activated their strike, which they have already announced weeks ago in case of the anticipated coup. The coup, as I told you, was very predictable to the Sudanese people and, any, and to anyone who examines the, the setup of the partnership, which is widely known in Sudan as the partnership of blood. This was followed by announcements of strikes from um, all non-urgent cases by doctors who also totally walked out from all military hospitals. And as masses continued to fill the streets with, um, um, with, without any communication due to the total shutdown and kept building barricades, strikes announcement kept coming from railroad workers, teachers, airport staff, oil workers, and eventually the whole country was has entered civil disobedience and political strike, which shall continue until the overthrow of the military, as mentioned in the statements of different unions and resistance committees. This is still going on strongly for the fourth day um, of the um, coup, and the barricades are being rebuilt every time the military removes them. 
Many of those listening, Muzan, may be curious what they can do in support or to stand in solidarity with the Sudanese people. What message would you want to send international institutions, governments, journalists, and civil society organizations and advocates tuning into this conversation? Our messages must reflect and amplify the voices of the Sudanese people fighting in the streets for their freedom and their right to a civilian government that is held accountable to its people, not to the military interest, nor to donor interests. We are already seeing efforts of mediation between the military and civilians by Focal Peters, the special representatives of the Secretary General for Sudan, as well as calls for dialogues coming from international actors. Such efforts are counter-revolutionary and unacceptable and should be called out for what they are. Such efforts are what got Sudan under the leadership of the partnership of blood with the military war criminals, and this is a mistake the Sudanese people are not planning to repeat. The best support we can get from our international allies is to stop their government's efforts to force another compromise on the Sudanese public who are fighting in the streets right now for their freedom, their peace, and justice. Thank you, Muzan, for that insightful discussion. Our hearts are with the Sudanese people. Thank you, May.